Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Well, good evening and welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. The podcast so nice we record it twice. <laughs> and we, uh, we're happy to be bringing you gaming news for another week. And what a massive week it has been for gaming. Uh, but obviously, as, as always, I cannot do it alone. So with me is the DG crew and... Uh, Sitting opposite me, we've got the PC Gamer, the Sultan of Steam. The only thing bigger than the Microsoft Bethesda showcase is the size of his <laughs> testicles. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Oh, Welcome to the show, Fergus. JB, thanks for having me, mate. Yes, it's true. It's, it's absolutely true. I'm having a huge case of deja vu, but I'm, I'm happy to be here, mate. How are you? Uh, oh, it's it's a pleasure. You know, uh, Let's give them context, Joel. We, we did this, guys. We started. We got to a certain point, and then old mate JB Fury with the uh, with the big elbows accidentally bumped his audio interface, and we've had to go back to the top. There's a bit of context for everyone. So yes, this is the second time we've recorded for uh, this evening. Uh, but uh, you know, Joel, what? jokes are still funny the second time that's around. It. So yeah. that's yeah. credit. Well, you know what. My money don't jiggle, jiggle. It falls. <laughs> also with us this week, we've got the gaming chef. He's more elusive than the date of a Nintendo Direct, but more polite than Sega Sammy Group's Takashi Azuka. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Yeah. Thank you so much, JB. Um, I'm weaving in. I'm coming in and out. I'm licking. I'm slipping. I'm flipping. I'm coming on to the side to the side. I'm on your rooftop. I'm in your garden, just like a Nintendo Direct usually is. <laughs> Sounds really, really good, Steely. <laughs> Finally, we have the Nintendo Queen. When she's not busy solving puzzles, boxing badges, or flying with a jetpack, you might just find her watching the latest game trailer on an infinite loop, trying to entertain two demanding toddlers. It's Casey <laughs> C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C. Mac. Thank you, Joel. Yes, we're up to watch 187 of the Plucky Squire. So. And what a that's 95 percent of its lot on views on YouTube. I'm, I'm their entire viewer base. <laughs> well, just on that, uh, you know, this week I did uh, actually sit down myself and have a look at the trailer for Plucky Squire after we spoke about it last week, and I tell you what, it looks like a pretty pretty amazing oh, title looks, there. Looks awesome. uh, I was very impressed with uh, what I was seeing there. So if the <laughs> if the actual game is half as good as what we saw in the marketing, um, I'll be very disappointed. Like so much. <laughs> so uh, obviously, uh, one of the biggest items in news this week is uh, Sony PlayStation have launched the new PS Plus tiers in some new regions. So. Uh, we saw it launch in Australia. We also saw it launch in Europe. And finally, it launched for our friends across the Tasman in New Zealand. Shut. And top, top. Oh, oh no. Oh, shit, Tom. Uh, so, you know, one of the, 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 the things like um, we obviously don't get access to the same uh, tiers that they get in uh, places that have access to the cloud streaming features, but uh, we got access to the extra tier and the deluxe tier here in Australia. And uh, just so that I could talk about it on the podcast, I've decided to uh, to stump up the extra coin to uh, uh, jump onto the uh, the extra tier. My money don't jiggle, jiggle, it folds. I'd like to see you wiggle, wiggle, for sure. Nice. 
So uh, just to, to give our listeners some context, so I was already a subscriber on what's now the essential tier. So, uh, you know, whatever that normally costs, I think it's about $80, $80 a bucks, year or yep. whatever. Um, so I've paid an extra $51.68 to upgrade my service to the extra tier, which gives access to a library of around 400 PS4 and PS5 titles. And so far, I've already downloaded Returnal, I've downloaded Ghosts of Tsushima, and I've downloaded XCOM 2, and uh, a little title uh, that's, that I've heard about called Deliver Us the Moon, uh, which I thought I'd play because there's a, there's a sequel to that one coming out later this year called Deliver Us Mars, and I thought, mm-hmm. well, I'd better play through the original and see if it's any good, so I'll know whether to play the sequel or not. So, yeah, nice. So, uh, Returnal still retails in the shops for about $110 Australian. Ghost of Tsushima, I think, is around the $100 mark. Uh, XCOM 2, oh, it's been out for a while, but I'd say it'd still be up around 60 or $70. So, already, that's, that's completely obliterated the $51 that I spent uh, on the upgrade. So, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's already worthwhile. Good value. And um, obviously, a little bit later this year, middle of July, I think around July the 20th or so, uh, we'll see the launch of Stray, uh, which we're told is coming direct to uh, the extra and deluxe tiers uh, as a day one release. So anyone who is on one of those tiers will be able to download that for free and, uh, and play it on day one. So... Um, I'm thinking uh, I reckon I've milked this for pretty good value so far and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty impressed so um, I'll keep uh, the rest of the DG crew uh, informed if I if I discover any other little hidden gems uh, amongst those those titles that we've got to sort through um, absolutely but um, speaking of hidden gems uh I did tell the DG crew last week that uh, I would put uh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge on Mm. my wish list and look at downloading that uh, if it came on special. And and it it basically went on special as soon as it launched. Um, That's got to be a first. That's got to be a first. Well, you know, (laughs) this this whole thing. The money don't jiggle. It falls. (laughs) That's got to be a first, a game launching on sale. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think I've picked it up for a, sure. uh, around about 20 bucks or so, yeah. um, which um, to me is pretty good value for what I've got so far. So um, not sure if any of the other members of the DG crew ever were fans of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Um, I know it was around when I was sort of uh, a little tacker and it was one of my favourites in the in the arcade. Um, but uh, at that time, that was sort of like the pinnacle of, of Ninja Turtles games, that arcade game. And they, they released different um, Ninja Turtles games on uh, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, NES, uh, a range of different platforms. And... Um, None of them ever quite lived up to the the hype from uh, from the arcade game. The arcade game was always just that little bit better. Um, but uh, this this new Shredder's Revenge title, honestly, if this had come out back in those days, this is exactly the game that I would have wanted back mm. then. It already I've only played through about three levels, and it is amazing. It, mm. it is. An incredible uh, sort of beat 'em up adventure for for all the Ninja Turtles, and um, man, this this game is chock a block full of uh, amazing little Easter eggs as well for any fans of the Ninja Turtles series. Um, so, for example, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Four: Turtles in Time was a an arcade release, but also came out on the Super Nintendo and possibly the the Sega Mega Drive or Genesis for our American listeners, and um, the opening level of Turtles in Time is called uh, Big Apple 3AM, and I remember it because there's a there's a like a voiceover that comes in and, and announces the names of the levels, and that one sort of goes Big Apple 3AM, you know, and uh, it's it's one of those things that sort of really sticks out in your mind. 
And uh, in Shredder's Revenge, uh, the second level is Big Apple 3 p.m. So it's mm. almost like a, nice. like the opposite. <clears throat> so it's in the afternoon rather than in the, the morning. So um, I thought that was a, a cool little Easter egg for them to slip in there for, yeah. for fans of Turtles in Time. Mm. Um, in this game, you can play through as all the four Turtles, obviously, uh, but you can also play as Master Splinter, which mm-hmm. I think is a new a new concept, and also April O'Neil, um, who uses her Channel Six newsroom microphone <laughs> as as a de facto weapon, uh, you know, to, blunt to people with it. smash yeah. the living shit out of all the foot soldiers, um, and uh, yeah, you know, all of the characters they've got um, sort of like a, a power meter that builds up as your your defeating enemies and then you can release like a special attack and april o'neill sort of pulls out a a stage light and just starts beating foot soldiers with it in like a bit of a whirlwind type attack um and it's it's really quite amusing the the graphics have been deliberately done in like a retro style so this game is sort of what you can imagine like the evolution of the original arcade game would have been if it had sort of just uh, gone a, like yeah. a little bit further, mm-hmm. and the the fluidity of the animation and and everything just looks incredible. Like these guys have done an amazing job of Shredder's Revenge. Like I I can't actually rave about it enough. It is mm. amazing, and you know I haven't even got to the point where you unlock Casey Jones, who um, was teased as a, an extra character that you could. Uh, unlock or that you could play as in the game but um, he's actually um, someone that you've got to sort of unlock further into the game before you can play as um, as Casey Jones so um, but uh, I got um, got through the first the first level and the the boss at the end of the first level was Bebop um, sort of the warthog uh, henchman yeah, yeah. Of, of Shredder and um you know, you get to a point. He's sort of, sort of like disguised, if you can even call it that. He's like wearing a suit and tie, and then he gets to the end of the level and, and realizes the turtles are sort of hot on his heels, and he just sort of flexes his muscles, and the suit just disintegrates and reveals his sort of <laughs> typical sort of punk vest and and everything underneath, like his his usual sort of outfit, and it's just so funny, like. Yeah. And even like following through the first level, the first level is based in the Channel 6 uh, TV studio building where you know, April O'Neil films the news and everything. And as you progress through the building uh, chasing after Bebop, um, you, you go through all these different sets, like TV sets where they film different shows. And so like you get to the first one and it's like uh, the set of a cooking show. And as you're moving through there, like all the foot soldiers are wearing like chef's hats and aprons and they've got mixing bowls and they're they're like, you know, trying to bake a cake or something. And then you move into the next set and it's like the set of an exercise show um, and uh, it's like aerobics, Oz style, you know. They're they're all lying on yoga mats doing sit-ups and and stuff like that. And then um, like you get to to the point where they're, they're in the newsroom and there's a bunch of foot soldiers sitting there at computers like typing out the news and... Um, it's just it's just really really funny like the game is just full of like humor and like i said easter eggs for for fans of ninja turtles and um like if if you've ever played turtles in time or um any of the ninja turtles titles from super nintendo or original nintendo era and obviously the amazing arcade game um which you know came out early 90s i want to say or late 80s you have to play this game. This game is a must play for a must for, play for those, <laughs> a those must fans. Play. JB so, stamp of approval. Yeah, I I honestly can't recommend it enough. And um, especially if you've got young kids and you want to have a game that's um, that's friendly for them to to have a go at without worrying about them getting sort of scared or anything. Like it's a perfect game for that uh, as well. So. Definitely grab it, and if you're on PlayStation Plus, you're going to get it at a discount at the moment. Although by the time you listen to this podcast, that may not be the case anymore. So um, if you can't 
get it at the discount, then... Pass into the ass. But, <laughs> what did you say? It was 10%, per- 10% off and you paid about 20 bucks. So 10% is probably going to be a few dollars. So even at full price, you're looking at somewhere between 20 and 30 bucks. That's still, by the sounds of it, it's going to be unbelievable value for... Look, honestly, this mm. this game would have been worth it for 50, 60 bucks, honestly. Mm. Um, uh, really, really impressed. And... Uh, the, the guys who, who made this one, um, it's been developed by Tribute Games and published by dot M, dot .emu. Mm. So, well done, Tribute Games. You guys have absolutely crushed it with this title. You're, you're really big on this one, JB. Are we, talk, are we shortlisting this one for Game of the Year? Are we talking... Are we, are we, is it that good? Is it going to be in the... Uh Discussion at the end of the year, do you reckon? I don't know if it would be a contender for Game of the Year, yep. but certainly for anyone who was ever a Ninja Turtles fan or has a soft spot for retro gaming, this is a must-play. This mm-hmm. will will absolutely scratch that retro itch for yeah, for, for sure. anyone uh, who who you know was playing those sorts of games back in those those times. Yeah, nice. And one thing that you said as well, JB, um, and that is super refreshing to hear, is a character in a game that is unlockable in 2022. Isn't it yeah, like, think well. about it. Who has not paid DLC in 2022? That is just fucking my mind is melted. <laughs> melted for sure. Yeah, well. Pump the grill away. Nice car. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it, you're right. It is very refreshing to not have to pay yeah. like an extra twenty bucks to unlock Casey Jones, um, but yeah, I mean, and the thing is though, a lot of the characters like their basic attacks and combos and stuff, even though they're they're different characters on screen, their the attacks and everything are pretty much the same from one character to the next, like with the exception that. You know, Leonardo's using swords, Michelangelo's yeah, using, using nunchucks, stick and yeah. whatnot. But but you know the the combos and everything from one character to the next are pretty much the same, just with their different weapons. Mm. Um, you have yeah. a little bit of differentiation between characters where some some characters are faster than others, and some characters do slightly more damage than others, and that sort of thing. But um, but yeah, more or less they they're all doing the same sort Similar of combos thing. and moves and stuff. So, um, yeah, nice. Oh, well. And six player co op. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, don't even know that many people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, I've, I've certainly played it with all my friends, and uh, here's what some of them had to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Nice one. Uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, get on to it. Shredder's Revenge. Uh, amazing. Uh, okay. Simo, uh, you had some Overwatch 2 news that you wanted to share with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little bit of news this week. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Um, yeah. You know, uh, have you? <laughs> <laughs> um, turns out Overwatch 2 is going to be replacing the original Overwatch at launch, which for all of those uh, fans of the original Overwatch and the structure of that game, um, sucks to be you suffering your jocks. Too bad, so sad. Um, wow. which is hang, a bit, hang on, I mean, mate. Emotional, <laughs> damn it. I mean, this might as well explain why this is such a lackluster half-step of a sequel, really, uh, uh, by Blizzard. It just kind of looks like Overwatch uh, 1.5, and I guess it really is. But, I mean, how sad is it to, to say Overwatch 1.5? You'd just say Overwatch 2 instead. So, um <laughs> Whatever, uh, it's 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 going to be free to play. So I guess that's nice. So anybody that wants to, you know, find out what's so catchy about the Overwatch experience, um, you know, so many years later, can now do it for free, which is really really good. Um, I mean, this game is really fun at its core. I, I enjoyed Overwatch, the original Overwatch. Um, so you know, having number two free to play is definitely a um a little bit of a. a I guess a draw to pull me back in to have another go because I mean playing Overwatch now it takes about a year to get into a match you know so by the time I get into a match shit I'll be thirty three you know kind of time to wait to get into a match I know um, I, so, I, I'm, yeah. one, I'm I'm so glad that Overwatch two is for free because my money don't jiggle jiggle it oh yes classic. um so that that's 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 Overwatch. 
that's pretty much all I had to say about that. Uh, moving on. Moving on. All right. Um, I don't know if you've... Uh... <laughs> what is that? What is that sound effect? <laughs> I found this just as perplexing when you did it the first time around, and I'm just like, <laughs> what? Uh, <clears throat> uh, anyway, um, I, I asked a question. You know, I don't even want the answer to it because I don't even know if you could tell me, Joel. Um, anyway... <laughs> Uh, moving, moving on, moving on. Um, as anticipated, three of the original tracks from Sonic 3 have been replaced by what could possibly be the very worst Sonic music I've ever heard ever in my life in wow. any game. Far out. Um, Emotional damage. That's, uh, that's number two for you tonight, Simon. You're, uh, I know. You're, yeah. you're, I'm on the warpath tonight. You're, you're dishing, <laughs> dishing out, you know, Sega Sammy Group are looking over their shoulder while they're walking down a, a dark alley and they can just hear <laughs> while they see your, your silhouette <laughs> hidden in the shadows uh, just yeah, silently watching them. trains you're listening to <laughs> nothing like a train um, <laughs> um <laughs> these songs though the, these songs that appear in sonic origins um are the prototype tracks for um there's three prototype tracks for certain uh zones that you know those tracks were originally um Michael Jackson produced tracks. This is the rumor that goes around, but it's most definitely um, it's produced by a whole bunch of people that were involved with writing for Michael Jackson. So they're not making a comeback in this game. And it's, it's really sad because um, the original score for those three levels being carnival night zone, ice cap zone, and also launch base zone um, haven't been kept in. And I mean, ice cap is probably by far, my favorite track from the game and probably one of my favorite tracks of, of the entire Sonic um, original franchise, you know, from Sonic, Sonic one all the way through to Sonic three and knuckles. Um, it's just such a catchy tune. And if it, I, I urge anybody listening to go and check out the song that actually, um, you know, the, the original song of ice cap zone, it's called hard times. It's by it? a group called um, the Jet Zones. Do you want me to sing it? Mm-hmm. What the actual song? No, no, no. The, the Sonic. Bit. The Go. Sonic It's it's dope. Oh, um, yeah, I don't yeah. do it justice. Um, but no, no, no. You know that one? <laughs> I know you don't know that one. <laughs> so you just play the uh, Sonic games. Just on that one, Simon. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, because I knew you were going to talk about it tonight on the podcast. Uh, I reached out mm-hmm. to the the estate of uh, the late Michael Jackson mm-hmm. to uh, yes. comment on why they prevented um, wow. this music from being used in in future Sonic games, and uh, uh, they, they responded to their credit. And um, here Ooh, is mm-hmm. here is their comment now. My money don't jiggle jiggle. Oh, Joe, we can always the crickets. We can always um we can always count on you to to you know Big to news, get to the source and, and bring the scoops in. Well, that's what um, we like to do here at the Discerning Game, and we don't want to leave our <laughs> listeners uh, wondering about anything. We want to make sure that we're we're bringing all the news right to them uh, every yeah, week. Exactly, fresh. exactly, fresh, too hot to handle, too hot what to touch, you? smooth to the touch. <laughs> Was that Toasty from Bloody Mortal Kombat just then? Toasty! It was. It was. Oh, nice. Oh, no, good pick Wow. I only just caught that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a bit disappointing um, because I think that those songs, they they really service those games so well. It sets such a good tone. Um, when you're going in Ice Cap Zone, you, you flip out and the screen's black and then it go, it, the colour comes up, Sonic jumps out and the, the snowboard flips around and he slides down the hill and that song's playing and it's just, it's um, it's unreal. And, and, and it has such a almost melancholy tone to it because I guess it's based off of, of an actual song, you know, and um, the, the new one's just kind of like, I, I don't even Sing know it. how to, it's like, it's catchy. No, it's not catchy. It's a shit in a bucket is what it is. It's like somebody just decided, well, oh, hang, you know hang what? on, Simo, come on. Emotional damage. Some, it's like three, you're out. Some poor person who they've gone, oh, look, I'm so, 
you know, like, can you just write some music for the new Sonic game? And he's going, oh, yeah, um, well, can I just go take a shit first? And he goes and does that and then just brings that out and puts it in the prototype of the game. Okay. It's just okay. it's not good. Simon. Um, any, anyway, anyway. You've reached your limit on talking. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Giving him the gong. Gold. Uh, moving on, moving on, moving on. Um, okay, moving on. please. I'm still talking. Um, we got a game-specific Nintendo Direct this week in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, we were treated to 20 minutes of uh, new information on the game that I couldn't really be too for shits about. I don't really care about it. Couldn't care less about Fucking it. Hell. Uh, <laughs> blowing out your pores tonight. Oh, I told you I'm on the warpath. Um, however, this game just released on July 29th for anyone that does care. Um, look, um, I played Xenoblade Chronicles on the 3DS, on the new 3DS, sorry. You couldn't play it on the on the 3DS because it was too graphically um, <laughs> amazing, uh, you know, in the future for <laughs> the 3DS. Um, look, it's a plenty fine game, but my God, this game is just, it's like a mortar and pestle. It's just so much grinding and pounding and it takes so long it just is so unapologetically long kind of like um the parts of the the show where i talk um <laughs> you know and so i just don't care to go and do that another three times over with every entry in this series now with four games in the series in total um i just don't care to go and do that again and i just in my mind um great for anyone who cares about this game it looks beautiful it's such a good looking game do I want to play it though? Most definitely. Fans not. of the game though. Fans of the game, yeah, sure. Cool your jets, enjoy yourself. But um, so I, so know. so this game, Xenoblade Chronicles <clears throat> Two, did you say? No, it's going to be number three, Joel. But there's four games in the series. How confusing is that? Okay, so it's a bit like a Goat Simulator where they've uh, decided <laughs> Just to to, uh, to jump jump one of them and uh, gone backwards somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because there was Xenoblade Chronicles, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but before number two released, there was Xenoblade Chronicles X. So oh, right. um, that that was kind of like a super duper futuristic one where there was so many, like you'd write There's in no numbers in the future. No, no numbers in the future, just <laughs> X. X. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, you and know, now three's coming out. You're hanging a lot of shit on Xenoblade Chronicles, but uh, yeah, I have it on good authority that they have uh, a pretty active and vibrant fan base, and uh, oh, yeah. uh, hmm. you know, they actually held a convention over the weekend for Xenoblade Chronicles uh, for the entire anthology, hmm. and uh, hmm, you know, the discerning gamer <laughs> were were fortunately there to. Uh, capture uh, all the action going on in the crowd yeah. and so we cut live to that audio right now <laughs> mm. <laughs> riveting <laughs> Uh, oh, we're in strife oh, if, uh, if one of our three weekly weekly listeners is, a, is, is their favorite gaming franchise. We might be down to yeah, two no, next no, week. We might be yet. burning thirty three percent of I'm our listening. Well, if you're one of our one of our listeners and you're a fan of Xenoblade Chronicles, you can fuck off. I don't want you listening to the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so mean. I think. Uh, where, why can't I have the? the you know what that was, Simon. <laughs> that was emotional damage. Emotional damage. Okay. Oh, well, we're on, was on the. Uh, we're on fire this wow. week. That that audio interface should shit itself every week because uh, <laughs> everyone's coming out firing on all cylinders now. We're a bit ratty the second yeah. time around, aren't we? Anyway. Yeah, getting tired. <laughs> all right, uh, Simo. You had some news on Nintendo Direct. I just, just did that. Lived it. Oh, <laughs> lived it. That was exactly what it was. Okay. Well, yeah, that was the Nintendo Direct. You pretty much your just limit went. on talking. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right. So uh, passing over to uh, the Nintendo Queen, you've got uh, oh, uh, a bit of info on a uh, new game that uh, you've started to uh, have a look at. Yeah, this is, um, well, it's not really a new game, Fall Guys, which was released mm. back in 2020 Whoa. by indie developer. Hmm? Yeah. Oh, I was just saying. Uh, Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> by indie developer um, Mediatonic. Um, I'd never heard of it until recently. 
but mm. they've only just oh, like two or three days ago released it on all platforms for free. So mm-hmm. we downloaded it on the PS5 and pff, it's pretty oh, – Simon, Simon's a bit mm, about it. I'm but on the fence. He's on the fence, but it's pretty much a battle. It's sort of their take on a battle royale kind of game, but with jelly bean kind of looking characters. Mm. So they race, you race in mini games and you need to qualify each round to make it to the final round. Um, and apparently it was a huge hit because it was just when COVID hit. So everyone was staying home and doing nothing and just playing games. So um, the fact that it's free, it's really cool because I, I wouldn't want to pay for it. That's what Simon keeps saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good. Glad that we don't have to pay for it. But mm. what, what does it say here? You get an, a free-for-all season pass, which brings which has 100 levels of costumes, emotes, celebration, unlocks, and there's also a progression path for those who don't want to pay. Mm. And anyway, we, we well, gave it a pretty good. I've been playing a little bit during the familiar. day as well. Yeah, we don't <clears> want to <throat> pay because... My money don't jiggle, jiggle. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's Fall Guys is a game I've never played, but I've always been interested to play. I've always yeah. understood it. It's a bit like Squid Games, in a sense, isn't it? Where you, you know, hundred people start out and you go through a round. Oh of, yeah, it's yeah. It, so it, there's mm. um it's sixty people in each round actually, oh, okay, and 60. yeah, you just have to you have to pretty much. It's just like a race. Yeah. So you have to yeah. make it to the end, or you have to survive for as long as possible. That's a really so, good um comparison though to Squid Games. Yeah, what was that? So it's sort of like it's a weird like mixture games of for like people Fortnite. With brain cells. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Brain cells. <laughs> I didn't say anything to me. I'm not a main person. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. But you know, it's it's kind of like a weird mashup of every battle royale game. Like, but I find it not as stressful. So you know, I find Tetris '99 really stressful. <laughs> I find Fortnite extremely stressful, but fun. But yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy it. It's sort of every and every. It's a bit Mario Party as well. So it's sort mm. of randomized mm. mini games as well, which they're all essentially pretty much the same. It's kind of a race to the end, and you're sort of like floppy jelly beans, sort of. So you're running, and if anything touches you, sort of a pinball flipper or something like that touches you, it flings you off, and you fall. Mm. Guy, yeah. um, <laughs> down, or there's like a, there's a level where it's a survival level where you're on a big rotating cylinder and you've got to keep on it, and people can sort of you know, Bump 60 you people and, around, yeah. so it's crazy. And yeah, I just I think it's really fun. There's a seesaw level where the, you have to, you know, the more people on one edge of the seesaw tips it, blah blah blah. And then, so yeah, the very t- last typical level operation of a seesaw then, uh, C-Mac? That's, mm. uh, that's physics. exactly how they work. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> One end, more people, goes down. It's, <laughs> it's really <laughs> Thanks for spelling that out for all of us. <laughs> wow. I'm on about three hours of sleep. Learn so something new every day on the Discerning Gamer podcast. Wow. Oh, I'm so tired. Um, yeah, so, but the only issues we were having a lot of was connection issues and... Yeah, just connection issues. It would suddenly just out of nowhere, connections lost. And like, oh mm-hmm. God, we have to start again. And the loading to go back in was so it just takes forever. Like mm-hmm. a bit like Overwatch, you were saying. Yeah, getting just, into a match. Getting into a match, forever. and probably not as long as Overwatch, but yeah. it just it's frustrating when you take that long to get into a match, and then you get in, you play one mini game, you qualify, and then connections lost, and you just like, oh. And there's one I think that you won. Simon actually won, mm-hmm. and then it suddenly said connection loss before he could have like got any of the rewards for it. So, yeah, that was sad. That but anyway, give it a go. Whoever's yeah. listening, yeah, I'm I'm hanging out to give that one a go. I remember, yeah, around lock, lockdown when you said it came out, I was interested in having yeah. a go, but couldn't really get around to the fact of paying. I don't know. It might have been thirty-five bucks or forty bucks to play. So definitely not worth it. Yeah, yeah not worth now that money. it's now that it's free, I might just go in just to say I've yeah. given it a crack. Give it a go. It's really fun. Kids yeah, would nice. like it too. Yeah. Noah was watching it today, and he 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 was laughing his head off because there was one where there was all these big fruits just falling down. He mm. had to like dodge the fruits, <laughs> and he's just like scream crying, laughing <laughs> at the fruit, and just yelling like, "What a melon! berries!" It was yeah. yeah nice. If anything for his laughter, it was worth it <laughs> for sure. Brilliant. 
All right. Well, uh, thanks for that, C-Mac. We'll throw over to Ferg now, who's going to quickly cover a couple of pieces in the news of simulation games. Yeah, absolutely, JB. So, yeah, this week, a couple of game announcements in one of my favourite gaming genres, which is, like you said, the simulation gaming genre space. So, um, first one this week, it's announced that the new construction simulator game suitably named Construction Simulator um, by the developers Weltenbauer, I think that's how you pronounce it because they're German, is coming to PC and consoles on September the 20th of this year. So along with announcement trailer, you know, you want features, here come some features. So we're talking 70 plus machines, vehicles and attachments. There's going to be two maps, one inspired by the US of A and Germany. Um, each map will have its own campaign. You'll be able to challenge yourself with 90 contracts, which include road and bridge construction. Um, and in the trailer, we also things like, you know, high rises going up and all sorts of construction activities. Um, they've said that there's going to be nine new license partners, um, such as DAF, so that'll take them up to 25 brands in totals. There's going to be a dynamic day and night cycle. Um, there's going to be um, co-op multi player for up to four four players and you know looking at the contra- the trailer and comparing it to previous games they've looked like they've really overhauled it and it actually looks like a quite a polished game this 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 time around which is exciting um <clears throat> the other one is one that i'm super excited about which comes from the game developer expansive games so they were the team that bought us a fantastic open world game which was a hunting simulator game called the hunter call of the wild so they've that developers announced that their new game is called call of the wild the angler so expansive games are holstering their shotguns and other rifles and they're swapping them out for some fishing rods so um, their next game is yeah it's going to be an open world fishing simulator so that looks super cool Um, no release date on that one but it is going to come to PC this year and consoles will follow after. Um, if you're not familiar with those series, The Hunter Call of the Wild was a game I actually played a fair bit of. And um, as far as a single player experience, I think it's it's got to be up there of one of the most immersive games I've ever played. So um, like I said, it's you get chucked into an open world and you're essentially going around hunting animals of various descriptions, bears, elks, all sorts of things, bobcats, <clears throat> And with some really good headphones, you might as well be out in the middle of the wild. It's it's incredible. And um, that one as well, I played a lot of multiplayer stuff, which is, yeah, unbelievably fun. Um, me and Puddin and Mutter had a good go of that one, and I've never laughed so much. Just the co-op of experience of running around, tracking and shooting bears and stuff was unbelievable. So... The game's going to feature a fully explorable open world, complete with hiking trails, winding rivers, ponds, springs, and various waterways you'll be able to explore by foot, boat, and off-road vehicles. Um, Expect that there's going to be plenty of post-relief DLC, so the Hunter Call of the Wild was... uh, The amount of DLC they released for that game was mind-boggling, so... You know, it's a developer that supports their games long-term, which is is good. and the other cool thing is, you obviously, you'll be able to fish alone, but it also, similar to the previous game, you can have drop-in, drop-out online co-op up to 12 players, which is, is good fun. If, you know, if you're struggling to find six friends playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you might struggle to find 12, but that's a really cool <laughs> mode, and, and we play that a bit as well in the um, Call of the Wild, where, you know, you might have three people go out into the world and it'll be you know in the next hour who can shoot the biggest bear or something so you you know you can have some all kinds of fun with those those kind of things so those two games announced this week um set to come out in 2020 um both games came with announcement announcements trailers and it never ceases to amaze me with some of these simulation games when you think what is the announcement trailer going to look like for a new simulation game like how are they going to make something as um maybe not quite exciting as fishing and really amp it up and i tell you what both those games especially the call of the angler after watching that trailer i was about ready to run through a wall i don't know how they do it but they do a fantastic job of hyping those games up so yeah those two games are coming this year some they both look like they're going to be winners so keep your eyes peeled for them um and the other little bit of news if you've been living under a rock or you haven't turned your PC on for the last couple of days, the Steam Summer Sale is now live. Wow. You fucking... You what? 
I what, JB? I what? So, you know, for the PC players, this is basically Steam's biggest sale of the year. So this is where for 12 months you just add games that you probably don't want to buy at full price. You chuck them on your wish list and once a year... Um, Once a year, you get to say to to Gabe Newell, "My money don't jiggle, jiggle, it folds. I like to see you wiggle, wiggle." Boy, yeah, so you pretty much drop all your cash at this one period of time, and you know, I just had a quick look at my wish list before we came on tonight, and a couple of games I'm looking at. So, the Commander and Conquer Remastered Collection on PC for ten bucks. Brilliant, brilliant collection. Got um, that one for ten bucks. Emily is away three six dollars. A It'd couple of easily games easily be worth. Worth it, worth, yeah. worth it at five bucks. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a couple of games we've talked about on the podcast before, but I've never actually gotten around to playing. So, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, twelve dollars. Wow, you fucking wow. what, mate? I'm not even watching. <laughs> and yeah, another one I saw, Elo and Noirs, on there for nine dollars as well. So for nine bucks, I might jump back in and wow. for nostalgia, give that That's one big. a go. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Get onto Steam, have a look. You're going to pick yourself up all kind of bargains at this time of year. I think the sale normally goes for about a week. So have a look and see what you can find. Brilliant. Well, jump jump onto Steam. You heard it here from the Sultan himself. Uh, Jump on there, add some items on your wish list, uh, pick up a few pre-orders and uh, enjoy yourself. So uh, now it's time for us to jump into our novelty segment, which uh, for this week, it's called uh, It's Not Possible. It's not true. That's impossible. (laughs) And uh, so basically we're going to talk about any games um, that we either achieved something that, that was ridiculously difficult to achieve or... Or once we had achieved something that was really difficult, then uh, you know we, we suffered some sort of critical failure, a power loss, or, or something. A bit that, like the podcast tonight. Yeah, a bit like that. <laughs> so look, I'll, I'll kick things off because mine isn't super exciting, but uh, I'll give you give you a clue as to uh, what it was. War, war never changes. So back in the day of Fallout Two on PC, um, you start the game uh, as, as a, a vault dweller descendant living in this um, sort of uh, tribe out in the middle of nowhere where everyone's sort of like, you know, there's, there's like a witch doctor and all these sort of people and you, uh, you start off pretty basic. You don't have any armor, but you get given like a vault suit that you can you know start the game with, which doesn't really afford you any protection at all. And you start off with a spear as well, and that's that's mm. it. You got no sidearm or anything like that. Um, so you're meant to go from there through to a place called the Den, and then from the Den you you proceed on, and you there's like a, a normal sort of path that you're meant to sort of follow as you progress through the game. And later on in the game, you sort of circle back around, and sort of south of that village where you you start, and and sort of south and to the west. There's a, a place called Navarro, which is where you, you end up eventually, and that's where you get your advanced power armor, like mm. uh, the the sort of second most powerful armor in the game. And so once you sort of know that that's there, you can always try and go cut straight from your village directly to Navarro at the beginning of the game to sort of uh, you know get yourself some sick armor right from the <coughs> get-go and then... Uh, you know, basically set the rest of the game up to be a cakewalk. But uh, as you're walking th- through that path trying to get there, uh, you, you come up against these random encounters on the map where, where you just meet, you know, random random enemies and, and situations. And in that part of the map, you, you run into the Enclave uh, continuously and it's just dudes in power armor with miniguns. <laughs> basically, you got your spear. <laughs> so you just you just save bashing the entire time that you're trying to move down there. So you you move like a centimeter on the map, save, move another centimeter, save, and you just you just do that. And eventually, you can get to Navarro and get your uh, power armor and 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 all of that. But Man, it's a grind. It's an absolute grind. So that's that is my. Uh, it's not true. <laughs> that's impossible. Uh, Ferg, what have you got for us? 
Yeah, so mine's a little bit different. Um, and I've got to give a bit of a background on this one to sort of set the stage. So I don't know if you guys, you may or may not know, but at different points in my life, and not so much at the moment, I've been a bit lazy of late, but I'm a keen cyclist. <clears throat> and so, you know, when I'm a bit sick of dodging traffic and the bad weather and the outdoors, I like to ride indoors. Um, and how I do that is I use what essentially is a video game, but it's called Zwift. Now, Zwift is an MMO and it's a cycling and running video game that allows users to interact, train and compete in a virtual world against people from all over the world. So... Not true. <laughs> That's impossible. It's, tr- it's true, JB. So you've, you've probably seen when you've come to my place, JB, that I've got my bike and, and how you basically interact with this virtual world is... You do it by using what's called a smart trainer. So you basically take the back tire of your bike off and you mount it on this smart trainer. And the smart trainer will talk to Zwift in this case. And as you're virtually going up hills, it knows to basically put resistance through your pedals. So it's actually quite clever technology. And obviously, if if you're going down a hill, you have no resistance at all. So... Throughout the year on Zwift, they they run a number of different events, and probably the biggest one they run each year is called the Tour de Zwift, very aptly named as from the Tour de France, <laughs> and that happens at the beginning of the year. I think this year it was in February, and, and generally it goes for a bit over a week, and it's made up of eight stages, and each of the stages cover things like flat courses, and then there's off-road courses where everyone rides a virtual mountain bike, and then they have this one stage called the Mountain Madness, which is all really steep vertical climbs. Um, and so leading into this stage there was a route that I thought I'd take on it's called the Tour of Fire of Ice and during this route there's a climb that's called the Auftu Zwift now the Auftu Zwift is uh, it's a virtual one-for-one replica of a French mountain climb which I think if I'm pronouncing it correctly is called the, the Audi Hughes so it's you a, fucking what, mate? <laughs> it's a one-for-one <laughs> replication of this crazy mountain in, in France. And so, you know, the whole week leading up to this stage, I was pumping myself up. I was like, yeah, I'm going to take on the after the Zwift. I'm going to give it a crack. And so, you know, the day came around and I started riding this route and I started ascending this hill and I knew I was in some big trouble early on. So it's made up of about 15 hairpins. So obviously you climb, then you, you're just hairpinning your way up up this side of this mountain. Um, so I got to about the second hairpin and already I was sort of struggling and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got another 13 bends before I get to the top. So And then you can imagine like looking behind <laughs> you and seeing Simon in a trench coat following you on a bike and just hearing a bit of... <laughs> I wish he was there. I probably would have got up quicker. But any, anyway, so some stats. So the climbs, it's twelve. It's only 12K, so it's not very long. But the vertical elevation, that the gain is 1,100 metres, so 1.1K. So that, that calculates to be about an average grade of 9%. So that's a, you know, as far as riding a bike, that's pretty heavy going. So, you know, I'm going up this hill and I'm just saying to myself, like, I'm, you know, all, the only goals I had was to get to the top and not stop once. So, you know, I'm just smashing up the hill. I got about halfway and I was saying the same thing. I was I was already getting pretty knackered. And I said, look, I'm only ever going to do this once. So let's just get out of the road. And we won't have to worry it again. So, you know, pounding away up the side of this mountain, nine and nine and a half percent average grade. And, you know, for a bit of a comparison, you know, if you're, you know, a pretty keen cyclist and you're pretty fit, you might get up the after Swift in about an hour. So I'm smashing away and I'm just going around the last hairpin and I'm looking at the finish line and it's been about 2 hours and 15 minutes. So for 2 hours and 15 minutes, I've been slugging away up on this hill, sweat's pouring out of me. I think I drank about three litres of water. Now, what happens when you get to the top? You get this big flat section. So you finish the climb and then it's a bit of a finish line. You do this one last loop on the flat before then you get to go and enjoy the downhill leisurely cruise. So it had been about two hours and 20 minutes at this time. I'd gotten to the flat. The finish line was in sight. And as you can imagine, I was pretty much on my deathbed. I'd just been hammering away for two and a half hours. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. What an achievement. This is awesome. I'm never going to have to do this again. I rolled over the finish line and the game crashed. (laughs) Into the ass. That's emotional damage. And I thought, you are kidding me. And the game, 
what I got on the screen was it wasn't just like a frozen screen. I got it was pretty much eighty five percent black, and then a little bit in the top hand corner where the map was, it was sort of going and i just for about 10 minutes like it wasn't sinking i wasn't getting any feedback that i'd finished and i thought i've lost the whole thing but in some good news eventually for whatever reason the game was still running and it came to life and i got and i got the achievement but for about 10 minutes there i thought two and a half hours of smashing up this hill which i was never going to do again i thought it crashed on me but just right when you thought it was it was gone (laughs) then it decided to give you a bit of I'm a back. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, well, That's awesome. Zwift. It's not true. <laughs> That's impossible. Yeah. Simo. I'm so glad you told us about this. Uh, sorry just to cut you off there, JB Ferg, because um, I this interests me a lot because I used to love, love, love riding my bike. Yeah. And yep. um, obviously, you know, there's not a lot of time for me to do that now. And so this, I'm just looking at this. I'm going, holy hell, I'm getting a little bit, um, a little bit game aroused by it. Mm. Yeah, it's, all, it's awesome. You're getting what? <laughs> Arousal. Game aroused. Uh-huh. I'm getting the old, you know. You're getting a bit of. I'm getting the old. I'm going to cut my lips. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. Wait for it. There we go. <laughs> yeah, Zwift's awesome. Oh. If you ever want to give it a crack, I highly, I highly recommend it. It's good um, fun. Mm. So yeah, Simo, uh, what's uh, what's your your suggestion for for that's not possible? Let's let's hop in our DeLoreans, friends, because we're going to go all the way back. I'm taking you back. Um, I'm going to keep on saying back, taking you back to, and I'm just uh, Googling when this came out. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm taking you all the way back, all the way back to. Where, where are we back. going? Where are we going, mate? Come we're on. going all the way back to 1999, believe it or not. We're going all the way back to 1999. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, for sports fans out there, Tony Modred just uh, blew the grand final uh, in 1999 by trying to kick a football behind him instead of just turning around and kicking a goal because he's a moron. Anyway, uh, whatever. Um, I don't really care about football much anymore, so whatever. Wow. So uh, anyway, you back into 1999. Even, even Godra isn't um, safe on the podcast tonight. Bloody hell. Yeah, I know. Um, you, you've run so out of emotional damage uh, to be dealing this week, uh, Simo. You've, you've dealt yeah. your, your quota, I think. I know. It's uh, no wonder why I'm bald now. It's just a, it's 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 just all a part of all of the bad karma coming back to me. Um, so it's 1999. I'm playing Mario Party Two, probably my favourite in the entire series of Mario Party games, and I, I'm pretty sure that on this particular night, it was Rick, myself, and Rebecca as well, sitting... So your siblings. <laughs> yep. I just love their names, so I wanted to say them out loud. Um, <laughs> and so we're all sitting around in the lounge room, Dan and Millicent, and we're playing Mario Party 2. And, I mean, we played this game to death. It was just one of these... It's this title that was just so much fun. I played it with all of my friends back then as well. Um, you know, if Scott ever listens to the the podcast, he would know all about it. We used to play Shout this every time we would have a sleepover. And so it was just, it was absolutely thrashed. But what was great about this game is that you had to unlock the mini games as you went along. And we got to this point where we had played it so much. We were trying to unlock all of the mini games because without having unlocked them, it's a complete mystery. Well, it was anyway. And we get right to the point where we're playing this huge game one night. We get right to the point where finally over that (laughs) randomized scroll of the mini games, it lands on the new one. And I was just, I've never been so excited as a, as a child playing a game because we worked so hard. Well, I say worked so hard, just played the game so much to try and get it to randomly sit on this very last mini game that we hadn't quite unlocked yet. 
and my beautiful dad is lying <laughs> down on the floor asleep because he this this kind of stuff just bores him to death and he was lying asleep on the floor and much to much to much to my horror shock and dismay at one point while he was sleeping on the floor flicks his hand over and just nips the reset button and just as quick as he could even, you know, as quickly as that game was unlocked, it was just pissed off into oblivion. And and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, what's happened? I was so distraught. I was so upset. And then Dad wakes up and I was just like, you've touched the reset button. He was like, well, I didn't mean to. I was asleep. And and it's like I remember being so disappointed and upset for about, I don't know, it must have been an hour or so. I was just so frustrated. But, you know, it's just a classic time it was just one of those times where even though it was frustrating it's just a great memory of us all being around and finally getting that game and then bang like dad just (laughs) onto the reset button he couldn't have been in a a more opportune spot to reset the the 64 it's like he knew in his subconscious that i really wanted that mini game (laughs) yeah but Oh, just yeah, I just thought to myself at the time, it's not possible. Like this just can't be happening. Yep. And so, saw, saw his hand falling towards the reset <laughs> button. Time just stood still. In slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's <laughs> very unfortunate, Simon. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's not true. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, C-Mac, what do you got for us? What do you got for us? What's not possible? Okay, well, this one, this one's a hard one to think of, but one that stuck out in my mind was a bit in GTA Grand Theft Auto Five. Now. True. That's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I hadn't really played many of these sorts of games ever <laughs> before I met Simon. And we, we got it and we played it. And it was near the beginning of the game, I think, and I, I just didn't really want to – I was just – I was happy to watch as I was with most of the games, like with Last of Us, everything. I was just – I was happy just to watch it like a show. And he's like, have a go. Just have a play of this mission. Just do something. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I just – I was very uncomfortable, you know. I, I just – not very good with the controller, really, at that point. You're not about to and start Trevor bashing again. This is after he. Jeez, if I was if I was Trevor, I'd be looking over my shoulder with a. And there's Casey standing there with a with, you know, gun in hand, ready to shoot me because of the uh, the way I make her feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not Trevor related this one. I don't even know who 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 I was playing, Michael. but I think was it Michael? Was 100%. it? How many? Years? This was a long, long time ago. But mm. I don't know. The mission was to go and murder a prostitute. All right, so that was my mission. Right, yeah. first thing I've really ever played in in a game, and I was like, oh, this is you know, I had nothing to lose. Like Simon's very in games. Like you need to do everything really good and really, really precise and maximum rewards. And I just go in just like, no, I'm just going to whatever. So anyway, I was in the car driving really, you know, properly. Like you do (laughs) (laughs) just on the left-hand side of the road really nicely. And I go up and the whole mission was you had to, you were instructed, you had to be super stealthful. So you had to follow this woman for ages and ages do not be seen otherwise immediate like failure of the mission so i start driving and so i'm like you're getting too close you're getting too close to her and i was like i'm all right getting too close again no you're gonna someone's and i had to i had to not alert her i don't know pimp i don't know who yeah, it was yeah <laughs> this is an accurate representation of how i was as well <laughs> yeah and he's going you're getting too close to the pimp or, <laughs> or, to the pro- or whoever and i'm just driving i'm just driving i'm getting closer and closer and he's freaking the hell out like he's just like stop you have to go from a distance i just drove straight up centimeters away from her and i just shot her in the head and i just drove away <laughs> and it said mission completed <laughs> 
impossible. <laughs> the game just didn't, didn't know how to deal know. with your approach. It's just like, uh, it's finished. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just drove up and just shot it. And it wasn't even from behind. She drove up right in front of the car. <laughs> Gets out of the car, yeah, and then I'm like, "You, you're gonna fuck this up. You're gonna. You, this is it. We're, like, we're gonna have to do the whole mission again. It took like, you so like, long." And she goes, "Oh, like, let me just try." And she just walks up and goes, <laughs> and then mission, back complete. "Mission complete." Hop back nice. in the car, and I was off. And I just we laughed for so long because oh. you're like, "I can't believe that was the first mission you've ever done in these sorts of games." And I just, I smashed it. And it, yeah, so that yep. it was possible. Well, if you're. Uh... <laughs> If you're a sex worker walking the streets and you see Casey, you... <laughs> look out. I thought you were going to go in a different direction with that that story, Casey, because those Grand Theft Auto games were notorious. I think every single one had one mission that was incredibly frustrating. I can't remember. Yeah. It might have been San Andreas. Oh, but there was always one that was notoriously bad where... They were insanely long and you couldn't make any mistakes. I think, uh, was it San Andreas or Vice City? There was like a construction um, site and you had to fly this drone around at a certain height oh, and you had to I remember that go one. undetected. I, I just remember playing that, that like a hundred times before I could actually get past it. And just I think that's why Simon was so stressed about my approach. He was yeah. like, this, this, is, this is a stealth mission. What are you doing? And I was like, nah, I know what I'm doing. And they just take so long. They just, yeah. And, you know, yeah, and he thought it was going to take forever. And I was like, nah, I know what I'm doing. Just bang. Jump yeah. back in the car. Back to driving on the left-hand side of the road yeah. and bang all the road rules. Pim didn't Love even it. know what to do. I was too quick. Yeah. Too quick. Oh, crazy. Fuck you, Pim. <laughs> <laughs> There we are. Um, yeah, nice. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Shit. all we got time for this week on the Discerning Gamer podcast. Thank you so much for being with us once again. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or send us an email at discerninggamerpodcast at gmail.com and... We will see you next week. Bye. See ya. Get your ladder. Ha, ha, ha.